Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Who's ready for the brand new series, My House? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be different today. Tell your neighbor, different is good. Different is good. Yeah, we don't have to have the same thing every Sunday at Calvary. But today we're starting this new series called My House. And how many of you want your house to be a place of peace and power and God's presence? We want our house to be filled with love. How about you? Absolutely. Just love and joy. Yeah. And uh, I heard a joke one time about a little boy who came and asked his dad. He said, Dad, where do babies come from? And, and the dad said, well, you know, Adam and Eve had babies, and their babies had babies, and their babies had babies, until finally, uh, when your mom and I got married, we had you, and that's where babies come from. And uh, a little while later, he came back to his dad, and he said, Dad, you told me a story. You told me a lie. That's not the truth. Mom said that we came from monkeys, that we evolved from monkeys. And the dad said, yes, son, she's talking about her side of the family. Come on. <laughs> All right. Today's going to be different, but if you're ready to learn, shout, bring it on. Honey, would you talk to us? Yeah, so we want to turn to Proverbs 11:29, and that's going to be our point passage today. So if you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn with us there, you can read it on the screen. It says simply this, whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind. We're, we're talking today about dysfunction bunch. Are you ready? All right. Why don't you slip your hands up and let's just ask the Lord to speak to us today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day today together just to learn in your house. Lord, we want to live strong families, God. We want to live as strong families, strong marriages. We want our lives to be filled with your love, your peace, your joy, not just personally, but in our homes, God. We want to grow in you. So today we just release your hope and your peace and your joy over this house. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said... Now listen, I know we've got all kind of family structures here today, and uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about family, blended families, different kind of families, single parent families, but the, the truth is, home is home. And I'm telling you, in my life, I, I can put up with trouble almost anywhere, but I need peace at home. Somebody say amen. Because there's no trouble like home trouble. If you've ever had trouble in the house, you know that there's no trouble like home trouble. Truth is, you can leave work. You can walk away from outside drama. You can even turn off Facebook. But you can't take your head off your own pillow. How many of you know that you have to go home? And when home is dysfunctional, your whole world is dysfunctional. When home is not right, it's hard to find anywhere that's right. And we all have this ideal home in mind. When I was growing up, I used to watch the Brady Bunch, and I used to think, I wish my story was a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. Come on, somebody. But uh, we had all the drama like our mama. Come on. And, and see, we want this perfect existence, but it's seldom a reality. And we all fight and wrestle and struggle with trying to have peace in our home. And Solomon said something very powerful. Solomon said, he who troubles his own house. Have you ever known people that troubled their own house? 
It's not enough that you have trouble outside the house. There are some people that trouble their own house, and he said they will inherit the wind. And we've proven from this storm, man, that the wind makes things unstable. The wind blows things away. The wind make things, makes things difficult. So what I'm declaring in this next season is that your home is going to be a place of peace. Okay, I got about half of you. I said, in the name of Jesus, maybe I need to sound more like a preacher. Your home is going to be a place of peace. Can I get a witness here today? Now, let's take a few minutes and let's talk about dysfunctional families. And the truth is, we kind of... We kind of saw your family, no. We kind of saw some things about our own family that we needed to improve upon. And we saw that, man, there's things that we can do better. A dysfunctional family is where family members are impaired psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. There's just stress in the house. And a functional family, somebody say a functional family. A functional family is not a perfect family because there's no such things as a perfect family. It's not a family without problems, but it is a family that deals with the problems. problems. They, they support the challenge, support each other during the challenges, and, and they, they are for one another in the process. So we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to talk about family dysfunction because some of us have, have been more like dysfunction bunch. I'll tell you, I've said for years, my family, how I grew up, we put the funk in dysfunction. Come on. And, and, and you know, you look at the Brady Bunch, some of their big issues. Whoever watched the Brady Bunch, wave at me if you did. I used to come home every day trying to watch the Brady Bunch. And here are the big issues. You remember when Cindy, the youngest one in curls, she had issues because she was a tattletale. And that was a major problem. That was what they were going through. Cindy is a tattletale. And then Carol, the mom, backed into Mr. Duggar's car and broke his tail light. And that was so much drama. Oh, he, she, she broke Mr. Duggar's tail light. And then Peter liked a girl who winds up liking his older brother, Greg. And then Jan was jealous. You remember Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And she had on her wig and she put on a brown wig because she wanted to be noticed. Man, I wish that. That was our problems today. Yeah, th these problems seem like nothing to me. How about you? <laughs> we, 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 we hear that today, and it just sounds like for real, because the issues that we deal with today in our homes and our marriages and our families are way more intense. You're dealing with kids with uh, suicidal tendencies, cutting themselves, online pornography is everywhere you turn. You know, you've just got homosexuality, people confused in their sexuality going on. Just so much, it seems like the enemy is working with addictions, with uh, mental illness. Think about it, all the mental disorders. The, the problems that we deal with today are so much more intense. And it, the enemy is using these things, it seems like, so strongly to try to divide the home and divide marriages. But you know what? I, ha I can't look at these things and be dismayed or be discouraged because I believe and I know a name that is above every one of these names. How about you? As believers in Christ, I know a word that is greater than any one of these words. Amen. It has authority over every one of these words. And I believe and know a power. Come on, somebody. That is greater than the strength of any of these things. Talk what, about it. what did Paul say? What shall I say to these things? these things? If God is for me, if God is for my family, if God is for my marriage, then who can and what can be against me? What can 
stand against us. You know, I feel like doing this. I want you to give God praise that in the next six months, good things are going to happen in your family. Just give God praise for, for your children, for your marriage. Just in advance, say, God, you're working and give him praise. Amen. Okay, baby. So we have to deal with dysfunction in our homes. We have to deal with dysfunctional families because dysfunctional families produce dysfunctional families. And uh, I believe we all, even, hey, even that neighbor that you grew up with down the street that you thought everything was just perfect, and I guarantee you there was just some dysfunction going on in that house. So we all dealt with some kind of dysfunction. But what happened maybe in your childhood wasn't your choice, but what happens today is. Say that again. What, may, what happened in your childhood wasn't your choice, but what happens today is, that's, that's what we're good. talking about. It, it, it's your choice to decide now the kind of home and the kind of family that you want to create. So if you grew up in a dysfunctional home, it can be easy, you know, to be trapped in that, in that mindset and that mentality and maybe a victim mentality, but we got to rise up out of that because we li if we live in a victim mentality or even in a survivor mentality, our past is going to determine our present. Come on, somebody. But we want to rise above that and believe what the Word says. Amen. I'm not just a victim. I'm not a survivor, but I am an overcomer, an in, overcomer Jesus name. in Jesus' name. So this is the journey to wholeness. Well, let's talk about the different kind of families, babe. All right. So we got the, first off, the chaotic family. So the first dysfunction fa dysfunctional Anybody family. Anybody identify with the chaotic <laughs> family? It's like there's chaos. Okay, you didn't want to wave. <laughs> like, but who will be honest, at least with one finger, and say there has been moments of chaos in my house. Wait, just one finger. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Talk about it, babe. So the chaotic family is this. Both households and individuals are poorly organized. In, in this house, there is almost no structure, and the parents are inconsistent and indecisive. This family lives without boundaries because they are always changing. One day something is okay, the next day it's not okay. And there's not a follow through. So you set a, a practice of something you're gonna do one day, but then the next day that's, that's off. We, we, we done forgot about that. And when there is these changing expectations, especially with raising our kids, what does that do? It just results in confusion. Yeah and it results in chaos in the home. And the house becomes chaotic because there is nothing about the home that is consistent. So don't underestimate the power of dependability. Somebody say dependability. dependability. Do what you said that you were gonna do with your mate and your children. You know, one of our daughters years ago, we were talking about a guy that kind of was interested in her. And she made the statement, oh, I, I couldn't date him, Mom, because I need somebody that I can depend on. You know, one, one thing they've seen in their father and one thing that I've always known about my husband is that I could count on him. Talk about it. <laughs> yes, I will. He's always proven to do what he said that he would do and just be dependable, you know, no matter what. I've, I've always known that and I still know it to this day today that I can, I can count on him, that he, he's going to put his family first, his home first. He's provided emotional and spiritual and financial stability for our family and, and in our home. And being able to depend on each other is part of what really makes a marriage special and really makes it successful. Just keeping your word and following through. Listen, dependability is the new sexy. I'm gonna tell you that. 
It's the new sexy. If, you, if your wife can depend on you and count on you, that's a big deal. I heard a story one time about a man, you know, things wasn't going good in the, in the way that men like for things to go good. Come on, somebody. Uh, with his wife, and she said, you know when you look the best to me, when you're the most attractive to me, when I can count on you, when you're down in the floor and you're playing with the kids and you're playing checkers and I know you're going to be there at night and you're playing games with the kids in the floor, and all of a sudden the husband said, kids, get in here, bring the checkerboard, come on. I'm telling you, dependability matters. And in the same way, Don, I want to tell you that I appreciate you because you've been so dependable to us and our children in our lives. We're, we're not a perfect family, but we've learned to count on each other. Thank you for feeding us, hallelujah. Yeah. God uses you most days to feed us, and I just wanna stop and say praise the Lord for it. But, you know, dependability also links to faithfulness. And uh, sometimes it's a challenge to be faithful to people who aren't faithful to you. But in this moment, I want to remind you, brothers and sisters, that, that we need to be faithful and dependable. Listen, mother, dad, here's what needs to happen. Your family needs to be able to rely on you. Maybe there's a mate who is weak in this department, or maybe there's a not a present mate in this situation, but you can decide now, my family is going to be able to depend on me. The chaotic family creates its own drama because of inconsistency. Brothers, your wife doesn't need to worry on whether or not you're going to go to work. You need to go to work. Hallelujah. It's a four-letter word, work, W-O-R-K, work. Your wife needs to know you're going to work, and if you're not working, you're going to be looking for work. Can I get a witness in the house? Because they need to be able to depend on you. Sisters, your husband needs to have confidence that you are a faithful, reliable woman. Mom and dad, after God, nothing is more important in your house. There's got to be consistency. So what does that mean? That means you're dependable. You faithfully walk in goodness. You faithfully walk in love. It's not that you're perfect. It's not that, days, that there are not days that you don't have meltdowns. There's not that there aren't days that you don't miss it. But let me tell you something. You, you hit it more days than you miss it. Can I get a witness? Because you are dependable. You, you, you are dependable you are faithful. You are consistent. Watch this young person. Watch this young family. You are dependent and, and faithful and consistent in disciplining your children. They understand that what was wrong on Monday is going to be wrong on Friday. And what was acceptable on Monday is going to be acceptable on Friday because there has to be consistency in the house. There has to be order. Somebody say order. Solomon said it like this in Proverbs 28 too. A man or woman of understanding maintains order. So that's one of the things you have to have in your house is consistent order. Because where there's not order, there's going to be chaos. And where there's chaos, there's drama. And where there's drama, there's trouble. And where there's trouble, there's depression, doubt, fear, anxiety, worry. You can't sleep at night. But listen, I want to tell you something. As much as we want order in the house, are you ready for this? Are you listening? I'm trying to get both sides now. We can go too far because you can't have so much order in your house that your house becomes like a boot camp. Say amen, somebody where your kids have to salute when they get up in the morning. Come on. It, that, that's not reality because house has got to be a place of love and peace and joy. Your home's got to be a happy place, not boot camp. That brings me to my second type of family. The next dysfunctional family we want to, we want to talk about is? The controlling the family. The controlling Woo! family. I think 
many of us can say we grew up in one of those families, a controlling family. One of the most dangerous households to grow up in or be a part of is a controlling household where the structures and the rules are overly rigid. I remember my dad telling me when he was growing up, his mother was such a neat freak that they could not even sit on the couch or walk through the carpet if it had just you been You know, that is so funny. Cleaned. I can't believe you said that. This must be the Lord. <laughs> when I was growing up, my mom used to make my dad vacuum. Come on, somebody. And they had, I don't know if y'all remember shag carpet. Oh, come on now. All y'all ain't 12 years old. We had a shag carpet that we raked. My mama had a rake. So not only did you vacuum the carpet, you raked it. And then you wasn't allowed to walk on the carpet after you wake, raked it. You're like, do you want me to elevate to the seat? Come on, you want me to do that? So yeah. I don't know. I just we, we feel like somebody yeah. might have needed that. We want to be clean, but not that rigid, right? <laughs> so... The controlling family is the rules are overly rigid. These types of homes never really have much peace or much joy. They're usually filled with a lot of yelling, and the tone of the house is usually authoritative and dictational. So remember, Dad, your title is Dad, not Dictator. Yeah. And Mom, your title is Mom, not Manipulator. You know, we're here to, to love our kids and raise them, and we want to find a home that they can find and grow up in in peace, not too rigid. But in this kind of home of a controlling family, parents are fault-finding, and they're critical. Children are not loved for who they are. These children are loved based on their performance. Many of us have experienced that, and, and that can be one of the most detrimental things that we face as a child is feeling that we're loved only for what we do. But we have to teach our kids responsibility. We have to teach them a great work ethic. You can ask the kids in our house. I'm not going to be overly rigid, but you're going to put your stuff away. Come on. But remember, Mom, your kids are your kids. They're, they're not your employees. And isn't it great that our Heavenly Father doesn't base his love on us just because we fulfill a task that he has for us to do. Come on, somebody. Has anybody experienced the ever-loving, unconditional grace of God? Amen. His love is unconditional. There, there's nothing that you could do that would make him love you any more or love you any less. And that's the way that we should love our children, not just based on their performance, but, but we love them. And we don't want to raise up in a home that where it's so controlling that it just breeds fear. Because that's what this type of home does. It's full of fear. It causes so much worry and so much concern as our kids grow up in that. Even for marriages, to experience a controlling marriage. Where, where one mate might be afraid of another because they're never quite good enough. They never quite feel like they have done enough. And this creates friction in a marriage. And this is dysfunctional. But because in this kind of home, love is based solely on what the mate does more than who they are. And, you know, that creates insecurity. Yes. When you're constantly trying to measure up, even when in your marriage, when you feel like, you know, as long as I'm 
checking all the boxes. As long as I'm doing everything just right, then I, we're going to make it. We're going to, yeah. it's going to be a good day. But the moment that I miss it, the moment that I don't do just exactly what she wants or what he wants, I'm going to get the silent treatment or I'm going to be yelled at. See, we've got to find somewhere in our lives where we give each other a break, where home is not a militant place, but home is a loving place where we are consistent. See, see, you've got to love your mate based on more than just what they do for you. That's right. And, and one, one thing that I have come to know is that unconditional love needs to first be given to yourself. A lot of times in a marriage like this, when this kind of atmosphere is going on or this kind of uh, treatment is done by someone, it's because they don't really even love themselves. And we've got to learn to give unconditional love to ourselves without judgment, come on, without condemning ourselves, without comparing our own selves to other people and, and coming down so hard on us before we can ever really love someone else and love our, love our spouse unconditionally. And, and you know, love yourself for who God has made you to be, for the personality he gave you, for, for the giftings that he gave you. You know, not wishing you were somebody else, but love yourself for who God made you to be and then it's gonna become a lot easier to love that spouse for who God made them to be rather than trying to change them. Because, you know, we, we can't change anybody. Come on. Y'all want to clap right there. I can tell because <laughs> you just got to love yourself because, yeah. because the truth is once you're okay with you, you. Yeah. we want to fix everybody else. But once we kind of get ourselves under control, how many of you know it's a lot easier to love others? Yeah. Isn't for, that the for truth? Just who they are. That's the right. way that God created them rather than trying to change. So often we go into a marriage like that, we're trying to change that person. But, you know, we, we just love love them who, who God has made them to be. And God does the changing. Amen. And you know what? You love each other into change. Yes. That, that's the way it is even now with your children. Uh, you, you're consistent with your children. Even when you discipline your children, you follow it up with, hey, I, I love you. Dad loves you. He's for you. And uh, you love each other into change. Yes. So in this house, in this controlling house, uh, children are judged more by what they're doing than what they are becoming. Mm. And I tell you what, uh, my husband and I have seen this over and over many times as we have uh, led people in, in church and we've watched kids that as soon as they got that opportunity to, to leave the house, it's almost like they were escaping prison. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, th this is just some of the most dangerous dysfunctional families because honestly, the world is tough. Come on. Work is tough. School is tough. Life can be intense, and the peaceful place that we must all be able to find is your home address, a place of kindness there, a place of sensitivity and love rather than the rigidity and the manipulation and the domination. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Yeah. We are instructed to breed love in our home, not pushing our kids to wrath or right. to anger. Or pushing each other. Yes. Have you ever had days when you were in the house and you just felt like that family member is provoking me and I'm about to kill them in Jesus' name and raise them from the dead. <laughs> to say something I don't need to <laughs> yeah. say. But the Bible said don't provoke yeah. your children. Don't provoke one another. Do things that bring about peace. But here's another very dangerous family, a dysfunctional family, is the coddling family. Now think about that, the coddling family. It's the coddling, in the coddling family, anything goes. In the coddling family, Pookie can do no wrong. 
Oh, come on, somebody. There are people you, you think your children can do no wrong. Pookie can't do anything wrong. Let me tell you something. Pookie can do something wrong. Every teacher, year after year, can't be wrong. Every this, Come on, somebody. Every single teacher is not a jacked-up teacher. Sometimes it is pookie. Y'all ain't saying nothing now. No, it was her first, it was her first, all 12 years he had crazy teachers and now his boss is crazy. No, Pookie has trouble. Yeah. See, in the coddling family, nothing is wrong. Families lack discipline and quite honestly, children are out of control. Families are out of control. Now, I don't want my children to be dominated, but I want my children to be in control. And I have three people that said amen. amen. I want my children to know how to control themselves. Uh, families that like discipline, the kids are out of control. And, and some of you have sat at restaurants and just went, what in the world if they were my children? It, come on now. You feel like walking over there and say, let me do you a public service. Let me take your child to the bathroom. Come on. The other night, we were, on the mission, we were on a missions trip to Disney World. Come on. And, uh, and I watched something unfold before my eyes, y'all. I could not believe it. Maybe I'm just old. Maybe I got too many miles on me. But I saw this dad take his phone. We were in front of the rock and roller coaster. Come on. And I watched this little guy was about this big. And I watched the dad take the phone from the little boy. And he manifested and screamed. And the dad walked off and left him. And he sits down in because in, he's so mad that the dad took the phone. And he is screaming and yelling and losing his mind. And I'm telling you, I was feeling for my belt. No, I wasn't. I was like, what really in was. the world is happening right here, right now? And then I looked, and the mother finally got him up and took him over, and the dude is kicking his foot and screaming. And I thought, oh, my goodness, if his last name was Rayleigh, oh, because Pastor Dawn would reach over, and you know, because you can't really spank them now in front of people, but you can sure pinch the fire out of them. Can I get a witness? Is that right, Pastor Don? You would have gotten that. And you would have said, let me tell you something. When we get back to that room. And that kid went, I never, I've almost never seen a kid go more crazy than that. And I was shocked as I watched this woman pull out her little iPad and hand it to the kid. And he started watching that show again. Let me tell you something. That is dysfunction. Pookie should have been dealt with. Come, I said Pookie should have been dealt with. Yes. See, see, here's the deal. Feelings in homes that are coddled, they're overprotected. Yes. And, and you got to understand, I don't believe in abusing children. I'm, I, listen, anybody who knows me knows how fervently we fight against that. But children have to be disciplined. Yes. One of the responsibilities as a parent is to teach children how to control themselves. Yes. You need to teach your children that they can't show out. They can't lose their temper. They can't act crazy. They can't show themselves. Nobody's shouting now, but some of y'all believe what I believe that children come on yeah. 
But here's the deal. That means you have to control yourself. That means you can't act crazy. One of our responsibilities as parents, as I said, is to teach children to control themselves. You have to teach your children how to manage life. Yes. You know, as you were talking about that, I thought about when we were, we just had, was it Channing or Courtney? I can't remember. But I think it might have been Courtney because we were just starting to become parents. And we were in a restaurant, and she was, you know, freaking out like kids do. It was Courtney, I think. We, this was all brand new to us. You know, you're just freaking out about everything when you're a new parent. And she was just going crazy in her little high chair there and making a lot of noise. And I said, let's just go. You know, let, let, let's just leave. We weren't even finished with dinner yet. And I said, let, let's just go. I just want to get out of here. We need to just take her home. And he put his foot down, and he said, no, this, this child is not going to rule our lives. You know, and, and it, you, it comes to that place, you cannot just, you know, coddle them and give in to their every little whim. They're children. They're babies. You know, it's our job to then discipline them and set the boundaries for them. And you keep living your life in a functional way. <laughs> yeah. You, you need to groom them toward functioning uh, in your life and, and you not just bending every time they show themselves because once you start you'll never stop right. see one point we can agree on is this fact at some point we're going to disagree what does that mean that means in houses and, and in families there's going to be dis disagreements but teach your children that even if i disagree with you even as I, if i discipline you i love you and you respect that child in such a way that you say, I'm disciplining you because I love you, because I believe in you, because I believe that your future is precious and I, and I can't let you behave any way that you want to behave. Listen, take, teach your children discipline, teach your children honor, and teach your children respect because if you don't, a judge will. I said, if you don't, a judge will. Somebody say amen. Yeah, policeman will. Listen, you better deal with Pookie right now. You better deal with that little crumb snatcher while he's little bitty and small because you don't want to have to deal with him when he's 18. Somebody say amen. Yeah, deal true. with him now. Listen, time and time again, we've seen wonderful parents who had everything to offer. We were talking about that. Who had everything to offer their kids but did not create boundaries. And because of that, their kids are struggling today. We know some that are in prison today, in jail today. And they came from the most amazing families. And listen, every child is different. Now, how many of you got children that are different, that they're brothers and sisters, but they're different. You'll have a child that is bashful. You'll have a child that is boastful. You'll have a child that is one way, a child that is another. And, and sometimes you get some strong-willed children. Come on, make a little noise if any of your children were strong-willed. Come on. You know where they got it from? They got it from you. Come on. But here's the truth. You got the strong-willed child, and that will require you to stay stronger longer. Say that. Stay, stay, stay stronger longer. <laughs> that was hard. It's like Peter Piper. Come on. Here we go. The key to dealing with strong-minded children who always want their way is you have to break their will without breaking their spirit. 
Come on now, that was worth writing down. Maybe you don't have kids, maybe you've got grand, you're gonna need this one day. You're gonna need to be able to influence your children or grandchildren. You wanna break their will, but you don't wanna break their spirit. What does that mean? That means that will that says, I'm gonna do it my way, I don't have to respect, I can have what I want, I can do what I want. You break that will because even Jesus said, not my will but thine be done you don't want to break their spirit you have to let them know they can't behave destructively they can't talk to you any kind of a way come on somebody i said they can't talk to you any kind of a way i'm going to say that one more time you are not their buddy you are not their pal you are not a, just a, another friend that they can dog out they cannot talk to you any kind of a way <laughs> you ask my kids, man. You, there's some things you don't call me. I'm your daddy. Hallelujah. I'm, I, I love you, but you can't talk to me any kind of a way. Uh, listen, you have to let them know that they have to behave. And, and so in a functional family, there are words of affirmation and there are loves in a functional family. Now, the Bible said in Proverbs 13:24. here it is. Are you ready for this? He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Now we live in a world, and I know I'm gonna get much heat and probably several emails. My email address is Dawn, Pastor Dawn, at calvaryfl.com. I still believe that there is a place that is specifically designed for a belt, and it is right here. And when a child is going crazy, there are some things you can put them in timeout, but you know, I, I didn't have time. The time I spent out was the time I was knocked out. Come on, somebody. That's the timeout I got. But here's the truth. The truth is that we've gone too far. Back in the day, we disciplined too much, but we've gone too far. Pookie needs to know that Pookie will get his rear end tore up if there is a way that, y'all ain't saying nothing. But how many of you still believe it that way? Come on, that we still have to discipline our children. And if you spare the rod, if you don't discipline your children, he, the Solomon said you hate your children. So the last dysfunctional family, I'm going to hand it off to you, Pastor Don, is the? The codependent family. The codependent family. In this family, a parent or parents are overly possessive. <laughs> you know anybody like that? overly possessive they, they make each and every decision for the child even their grown children come on, come on. like a 40 year old man has to call his mama yes. and ask her should we go to this restaurant on friday <laughs> night what you gonna be mama let me tell you something that's yep. codependency yep you're grown but you're doing everything with mama still in mind come on you're you're every holiday you gotta spend it with mama you gotta spend it with daddy you feel that pressure you know we, we know families where the kids are grown and they have kids of their own but still the parents are so possessive over them making every decision and and doing everything but you know what genesis said it said a man leaves his father yeah. and mother <laughs> and cleaves to his wife like to become that. one flesh but in this family kids have been controlled most of their lives and parents just feel like they have to do that and when parents are overly possessive 
Children are smothered, and they never learn to stand on their own two feet. Now, I am guilty to say I can just do it faster myself. I can just clean this up faster myself. I can, I can do this and not have to hear the complaining or the whining of asking them to do it. But listen, that is not the best way. That is dysfunctional. I've had to come to realize that. Come on, he, he's 18 years old, Mom. He can put his towel in the dirty clothes hamper. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's 20. She can actually wash the dishes. Actually, at 10, she can wash the dishes. Well, well. We, we, we have to give responsibility to our kids as they are growing up and give them room to grow up because you're not going to be here always. One day, they're going to have to know how to function in this world. And, you know, even, even in a home, in a marriage, a mate can even become dependent on another mate. That's right. And honestly, some people want you to be codependent on them because it's their way of controlling you. That's right. But that is very dysfunctional when one mate is trying to control another, you know, control everything they do. Con controlling their their cell phone control you know controlling everywhere they go having to just know every single little thing like that you know it's very controlling and manipulating and that is very dysfunctional and yeah I mean I've, I've heard of guys they have to always be looking through their wife's cell phone and and listen let me tell you something I pray to God that you don't have that kind of relationship in your home we want to be trusting of one another and I, Dawn can go through my cell phone anytime she wants to because most of the time what she's going to find out is me saying, hey, Siri, where's the nearest restaurant? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Stuff like that. We don't want that kind of possessive, manipulated yes. atmosphere. Yes, but trust. But trust. Mm -hmm. Somebody say trust. Yes, a functional home is full of trust. So we, we want to raise our children to be, to be secure and not insecure. We want, we want to teach them. We want to raise them, not coddle them and do everything for them, but raise them up and train them up to know how to manage life. Come on, how to handle their responsibilities, know how to handle their emotions. I think Pastor touched on that a few minutes ago, but you know, you've even got to teach your children how to handle stress, how to handle their emotions. Things don't go just like they want them to, and they lose their ever-loving mind and scream and fall on the floor, and, and they're losing it emotionally. It, it's our job as parents to say, hey, wait a minute. Hey, let, let's pull this together. We do have control over these emotions and we and we teach our children how to handle life and how to handle the stresses of life because the truth is like he said they're, they're going to go to work one day and their boss ain't going to be you mama right. <laughs> the boss ain't going to be you daddy he's not going not gonna to have that that kind of grace for them so we, we want to teach them and we want to also teach them to love and depend on the lord Come on. We want to teach them to have faith in God. We want to teach our children to come up and love Jesus. We want to teach them that the Word of God is truth and to know the Word and have it hidden in their heart. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These are the ways that we want to raise our children and create a functional home as believers. All right, what we're after, say, say this is what we're after. This is what we're after. We're after the cultivating family. 
Yeah, yeah. Structure and discipline are maintained by the parents. That means mom and dad, you are consistent. Your children know and understand your expectations and the consequences if they are not followed. There has to be consequences. Say amen, somebody. There's got to be follow through. Individual responsibility is required. Life is full of requirements. Your child can get up on time. Hello. Well, Pastor Rayleigh, you know, my child, he just doesn't want to come to church. Let me tell you something. He's 10 years old. You need to go in there and say, boy, get out of this bed right now. Captain Crunch is on the table. Come on now. We are going to church. Don't negotiate with a 10-year-old. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You don't negotiate with your children. Church is not an option. These things are not an option. I've heard people say, you know, my my 12-year-old daughter, she doesn't let me in her bedroom. My daughter won't let me in her, but my teenager won't let me in their bedroom. You need to go to that child and say, this is not your bedroom. This is my second bedroom. Those are not your clothes. Those are my clothes. I'm just letting you wear them. Come on. I paid for those clothes. Don't you go through my drawers. Let me tell you something. As long as you're drinking milk out of my jug and eating chicken out of my bucket, come on. I paid for the drawers in those drawers. I got access to everything. There's going to be no pot in my house, no drugs in my house, no porno in my Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be consistent. Get in your children's business. I said get in their business. Keep your business off of Facebook. Hallelujah. I want to raise my children to know responsibility. I want them to, I want them to know boundaries because yes. if they learn boundaries as a child, then they'll know boundaries as an adult. Maybe your mate doesn't help you. Maybe you're here today and, you know, you don't have the kind of husband that Pastor don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Maybe you're here today and, and listen, I, there's places that I'm weak and there's places that Pastor Don is not weak. Come on. But, but there are places that we all struggle. Yes. And, and, and maybe your mate is not what they ought to be. But that doesn't free you from being the best that you can be. Amen. I have made up in my mind that I don't want to recreate the dysfunction that was passed from generation to generation. Amen. I, we grew up in my house with a lot of financial dysfunction. Uh, we were always bouncing checks. We were always, you know, things were always, we were on the verge of, dad was, bless his heart, I love him, but we were always paying car payments late. We were always struggling financially. So, you know, my mom would go buy clothes and hide them in the closet and, and wouldn't wear them for three or four weeks. And then dad would say if that new, and she'd say no. And it was new only because she'd had it back there. She hadn't wore it. Come on, somebody. And so, we were always in financial trouble. And I remember when we got married and, and we didn't have anything and you went down to Walmart and we had had some pictures made of Courtney and uh, Dawn bought some uh, frames. frames and she bought some little things to set up there in the little shelves and it was $25. It cost about 20, $25. And, it, and it, to me that seemed like $3,000 because I wasn't making very much money in those days. And I looked at her and I said, you are going to break us. We're going to be bouncing checks. It's terrible. Look where we're headed. We're going to be in the poorhouse. We already live in the hood. Can it get any worse than this? Come on. But I had to remind myself that I couldn't hold Dawn captive 
to what I came out of. And we grew and we learned together. When your family is functioning properly, you become aware of God's goodness in your life. And you together, cohesively, yes. mm-hmm. make decisions. Here's what the Bible says. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all which, which you have put your hand, you and your household, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Are you ready for this? I declare that you're going to have a home full of rejoicing. I declare that you're going to rejoice over all the blessings of the Lord. Listen, maybe you've had a marriage that didn't survive. Maybe you've had some situations that didn't go right. Maybe things are hard. But let me tell you something. You are not a victim. You are more than a conqueror. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that you are not sentenced to have a dysfunctional home. Maybe you're older now. But I declare that you're you're learning to be better. Glory to God. Come on up here, Pastor. Pastor Dawn, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that you address the issues at your address, come on, and begin cultivating your family of the future. Maybe you don't have the perfect family right now, but make a little noise if you want God to work in your family. Stand to your feet, everybody, and give God a praise that he's working in your family. Come on. I said he's working in your family. Now, here's the key. Here's the key. Read the text, babe. Do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Yes. Do everything in love. Now, I'm going to tell you that in my home that I didn't grow up with the perfect situation. I grew up with a lot of abuse. I grew up with a lot of struggles. I grew up with a lot of inconsistency. I can remember when uh, my parents would pick me up. I would tell Dawn, you know, I would always have to wait at the at school for my parents to come get me and I was always almost always the last child to get picked up that means I would sit there after school for a long 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 time and I didn't realize it but in those days it made me feel like I didn't matter I can remember getting in the car and asking well how are things at home today because I was so afraid that when I would go home that it was going to be a negative, abusive, hateful environment. And I saw stuff that I probably shouldn't have saw, and I experienced things that I shouldn't have experienced. But I decided that I would not allow where I came from to hinder me from where I was going. Now, some of you some of you may look at, at me and Pastor Dawn and say, oh, they just got, they're the Brady Bunch. They got the perfect family. You should have been with us last week. I'm telling you, Pastor Dawn was showing out so bad I was embarrassed. <laughs> the truth is, none of us have perfect families, but we have a perfect source yes. that we can call on Amen. and say, Jesus, help me do better. Yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't, maybe your children are adults. Maybe, maybe that time has passed in your life, but you can take what you've learned today and try to influence those that you love. Can I speak a blessing over your family today? Even your grown children, even your grandchildren, even you. Can I speak a blessing over you today?
The Bible said you will decree a thing and it will be established. There's real power in the spoken blessing. If you'll let pastor bless you today, will you slip up your hands? In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare the blessings of the Lord over your family. I declare that if your children are struggling today, that they will come into the kingdom in a mighty way. I declare, devil, you can't have our sons, you can't have our daughters. I declare you can't have our homes. I pray for every mother in this room. I pray for every mother in this room to feel confident that, Lord, you are working on her behalf. I pray for every woman in this room that is in a place right now where she needs you to move. I release the supernatural power of God to move in families, to move on sons, to move on daughters, and to move on husbands. Father, I pray for every man in this room that feels less than. I pray for every man in this room, maybe who's struggled and who's had issues in his life, and the devil says you are sentenced to despair. I decree and declare, man of God, that your past is behind you and the very best is before you. I release over your children conviction. I release over your children the presence of God, and I call your house blessed, and I decree and declare what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. If you receive it, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. How many of you feel like you learned a little bit today? Come on. How many of you going to do better? Tell your neighbor you're going to do better. All right. God bless. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryfl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.